Okay, the Utah Jazz get the nice win over the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm trying to get through this with this COVID thing going on. We'll see how long it lasts. Let's talk about it. It's the Hoops Nerd Postgame Show. Right, guys before we get into this make sure you go to price picks use promo code hoops nerd they will match up to 100 a lot of you have already signed up i appreciate it it supports the channel it's great they allow me to do some things when you do and it does it supports the channel so i appreciate it but if you haven't already it's a lot of fun go to go to what is it called mike guess what you know whose brain is cloudy right now <laughs> this guy uh but go to what's it called price picks use promo code hoops nerd they will match up to $100. Go do it. Go do it. I would appreciate it. All right. Let's see if we can get through this um, <laughs> somehow. By the way, the green screen, I hate what it does to my teeth. So now I guess uh, self-conscious about it. All right. <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, let's see. Let's lower me. Um, by the way, thinking about my teeth and what the green screen does to them <laughs> reminds me, if you haven't seen the Mike Birbiglia new special on Netflix, it's great. Go check it out. It's really fun. All right. Anyways, uh, runny nose, inflamed chest, cloudy brain. Let's do this. Uh, the Utah Jazz got to play the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, they do not have, um, oh man, it's going to be a rough one tonight. The brain is not working. What's his name? The was traded from the Blazers to the Pelicans. Uh, CJ McCollum, he still has like a caved in chest or whatever it is, but we got news that he's coming back at some point. So uh, they didn't have all their players, but they did have Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, and they've been playing pretty well this season. Uh, 1080p Zach, my friend in high def with the 299 Australian donation. I appreciate it. What's up? What's up, James? Go Jazz. What's up, Zach? coming in at 1080p i love it and i appreciate it thank you those australian dollars baby get me some australian mcchickens i don't know <laughs> i don't know how we're gonna make through this but we're gonna we're gonna do it it's the covid it's the covid game for me we're coming all right we got hot takes we got all sorts of takes <laughs> Okay, so this is now two wins in a row for the Jazz. Want a hot take? It's two wins in a row minus Lowry Markkinen. How does that happen? Well, there might be uh, coincidental, and maybe there's some things to think about. Uh, but anyways, uh, the reason I put Simone Fontecchio on the thumbnail, shout out to Simone. He gets his first thumbnail on the, the Hoopsner postgame show. Simone Fontecchio was a big part of this Jazz win tonight. I wrote an SLC dunk uh, recap. I try to get those up quickly for the SEO and the clicks. So I can keep making SLC Dunk a website for all of you to enjoy. But I felt bad because I did not mention Simone Fontecchio like I should have in that recap. So we'll mention him here. Simone Fontecchio played really hard and was a big time part of this win tonight. He played defense on tough guys. Will Hardy mentioned it in the postgame presser that Simone Fontecchio played hard. He has a big bruised fat lip from taking a shoulder to the face from Zion Williamson. By the way, of all the most unpleasant things that a person has to do in this world uh that's i guess a few people in this world have to do a handful oh well 
100 people maybe guarding zion williamson has to be the most unfun thing i can think of you know maybe being an offensive lineman and trying to block like Dominican Sue or Miles Garrett in the NFL. The same goes for guarding Zion Williamson in the NBA. It has to be just brutal. If you've ever played on the floor, like one time I was playing basketball. I know, I know. I was playing basketball against the in my church basketball. We were going up against the the Samoans, the their like ward, the Filipino Samoan um Tongan ward. And I took a charge to the chest that made me feel like I became inside out <laughs> and it was terrible. And I imagine that what I went through is maybe like one, one hundredth of the, of the pain and suffering that Zion Williamson brings on literally every play, his strength and lower body and just pure mass and just absolute otherworldly power is just remarkable. And then you combine that with his ability to finish at the rim. It's got to be the most unfun thing to have to do. Because in football, you wear pads and things. You take a shoulder to the chest or a shoulder to the, the teeth in basketball, you feel it. You feel it, you know? And so just a big shout out to Simone Fontecchio, Kelly Olinick for taking on that challenge and doing a relatively good job. I mean, what did, I don't even know what Zion Williamson did tonight, but look at that, 56% from the field. What's crazy about this, 26 points, 7 assists, he's unreal, is that you know what he's going to do every single time. There is no... There is no mystery to Zion Williamson's game. It is, he, in my opinion, I would compare Zion Williamson to Shaq because you just know what he's going to do, but he is just so physically dominant and gifted and just got that innate talent to put the ball in the basket with all that physical mass and size. It's unbelievable. I mean, does anyone not know what Zion Williamson's going to do when he has the ball? He is going to ISO. He is going to put his shoulder into your chest. He's going to back you down. And then he is going to put it off the, the square and it's going in like every time. It's crazy. Uh, look at this. Zion Williamson, 56% of the field from the field with everyone knowing what he's going to do. He also has seven assists. So he's also someone that's kind of kicking that ball out finding open guys, just an absolute remarkable player. I actually, I was thinking about Zion Williamson. I was thinking about some of these players that you want to draft, you know, because you guys know that I'm always talking about, well, how do you get that number one guy? And we talk about MVPs, but I don't think it's, this is just a theory, a working theory of mine. You know, honestly, a little Carl Malone-esque actually with Zion Williamson, with his just how tall he is and how big he is and how he works inside and just has that incredible touch kind of Carl Malone like uh but anyways you don't necessarily have to find an MVP you've got to find an alien you know think about uh think about Giannis Giannis is an MVP he's also an alien someone who's that big long physically dominant athletic um just that incredible competitiveness and drive and just power uh, Zion Williamson's the same way. There's just no one like him on the planet. You know, people talk about Victor Wembanyama, and that's why a lot of people think Victor Wembanyama will eventually lead the Spurs to a championship because he's an alien. There's just nothing like him out there. It's just unique. Zion Williamson's the same way. Uh, you look at Nikola Jokic, and you guys know I'm not the biggest Jokic guy, but it's hard. You can't argue how good he is with his just physical size and vision and just the most insane touch. I have never seen a player 
the thing that I think makes Jokic so good, and you can back it up. I can't remember what the site is. My brain's cloudy from this COVID, but his touch from the mid range is like twenty percent. His mid range, like from like what is it, eight to fifteen feet? His mid range floater jumper game. He shoots at like sixty five percent, and it's the least efficient spot on the floor for anyone else to shoot except for Nikola Jokic. So literally every NBA defense is designed to get guys to shoot from that area. But for Nikola Jokic, it's the best shot and he shoots it at insane. I mean, how good is Zion Williamson tonight? He shoots 56% from the field and Zion and Nikola Jokic is shooting like 65% uh, on average from the worst spot in the NBA. So he's an alien. Anyways, the point is you need an alien. Kevin Durant, he's an alien. LeBron James, he's an alien. He's an alien. There's just no one like them on the planet. Someone like Kevin Durant, who's seven foot one and shoots like he does and can do everything. I mean, there's just nothing like him, you know? So, you know, it is what it is. The Jazz have to find their alien, kind of like their Carl Malone once again. Uh, it's going to be tough to do, but they do have some really nice players. And one thing, and the whole moral of that whole long thing, other than just me being kind of a COVID-stricken, rambling person, is that Simone Fontecchio played really hard against an alien tonight and did a good job and deserves all the all the credit in the world, you know? You go up, like, you know why I say aliens? They're like the Monstars in NBA Jam. They're just like these overly exaggerated players that are just so dominant because they have some sort of exaggeration to their physical talent or skill. Like Steph Curry, the way he shoots the ball, no one else is like him ever. <coughs> There's the first gap. Gotta be careful. So anyways, credit to Simone Fontecchio and what he did. 14 points tonight. He shoots it on efficiency while also playing his heart out. He saved two points at the end of the game when he dove for that ball. When he dove for that ball in transition, that was part of what won the game. You know, you've got to love that type of effort and play from Simone Fontecchio. And he's changed my opinion. I've badmouthed him on Twitter. And so, Simone, you should be doing this to me. What are you talking about, James? You should be talking good about me. From now on, all the love and respect for Simone Fontecchio. It has been earned. All right, let's talk about, um, let's see. John Collins, solid night tonight. He also had some of the defensive duties, but he plays 29 minutes. Not much else you can say about John Collins other than he has been just a solid addition to this team. Uh, tonight, nothing too remarkable from his stats, but you can just basically pencil him in for about 12 to 16 points and typically he has more rebounds. But I actually found an interesting stat tonight with rebounds. Did you know the Jazz lead the NBA? Look at this. The Jazz lead the NBA in rebounding at 47.1 per game. And so even though tonight is not the greatest re rebounding night, the Jazz are a team like they're a rebounding team. Uh, eight rebounds for uh, Walker Kessler. 10 rebounds for Yurtsevin, who has been a nice pickup for this Jazz. They got him in free agency. And, uh, you know, just a solid rebounding effort. Look at all these rebounds. No one had less than two. That's pretty cool. So interesting that this Jazz team rebounds. And one thing that also probably uh, coincides with this rebounds per game is the Jazz actually make a big effort to offensive rebound. That is something they really try to do. Uh, tonight, what did they do? Look at this. Yurtsevin, who, by the way, we were told before the season started that Yurtsevin is a high-level offensive rebounder. Look at this. Half of his 10 rebounds were offensive rebounds. That That's crazy. Nine offensive rebounds for the Jazz, uh, 11 for the Pelicans. So 
big time rebounding battle tonight, actually, uh, between the Jazz and Pelicans. And so nice to see the Jazz do pretty well. You can, It's not surprising to see the Pelicans rebound the ball when you consider Zion Williamson. Jonas Valanciunas, I mean, he's not the fleet of foot guy. So defensively, there's some issues with Valanciunas, but you can't argue the guy is just a monster rebounder. Uh, what did he have tonight? Uh, 13 rebounds. Valanciunas is a just, he's another, I mean, if you're a big and you're playing against the Pelicans, it's got to be not that fun. Because, I mean, Valanciunas is just big. And he just, he looks like it, his elbows hurt. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, nice night from the Jazz Bigs. Yurtsevin as well. Got to give him credit. He doesn't have the, one thing I noticed tonight, he doesn't have the greatest hands, at least when catching passes. He had like two or three bobbled little handoffs inside that, you know, kind of went the other way. So that's just kind of an interesting thing. Um, but I think Yurtsevin has really earned himself some backup center minutes once Walker Kessler comes into that starting role, which I think will probably be pretty soon, I would assume, uh, because Walker Kessler has looked in these last two games awesome. Uh, but I wanted to make sure we gave credit to Jordan Clarkson. And I, I know the shooting's not great. This is always going to be the thing with Clarkson is the shooting's just not as good as you would like. When he has great shooting nights, the Jazz tend to do really well because on nights like tonight, it wasn't great. But what makes this okay is that he had 10 assists tonight and he was really passing the ball. And I have to say, I, you know, I don't know. Like, it, you, everyone out there can have their opinions on the coach and and whatever. You're given the roster that you have, Okay. And we can talk about Taylor Horton Tucker. He played 19 minutes tonight, probably a little long. But at the same time, that's the roster, you know? If you're not playing Taylor Horton Tucker, you're probably playing Keontae George more and Jordan Clarkson more. And the shooting's not all that good, you know? So four, t four for 16 from Jordan Clarkson. Taylor Horton Tucker's two for nine. It's about the same, you know, I guess three percentage points worse for THD. It wasn't good, but Jordan Clarkson's not shooting it any better, uh, at least in this game. Um, and honestly, Keontae George could be shooting it a little bit more, although these numbers are more respectable. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to talk bad about my my favorite jazz player right now, but uh, I wanted to just give credit. I know that sounds like I just ragged on him, but 16 points, 10 assists for Jordan Clarkson. It looked like a, con like a concerted effort by him and this team in general that have really answered to what uh, Will Hardy had said <laughs> the brain, the brain is not all there. I'll tell you what there was like, it was kind of a moment of truth. And for everyone that's talking about Will Hardy, this and Will Hardy, that and substitution, this, and that's part of being a fan. So it's fine. If that's, you know, if people don't like Will Hardy, I, I don't get it. Um, but you know, you're a fan, you can think what you want, but the team responded. And you know what? The team backed up, like the front office backed up Will Hardy too. And the team has responded. And this season certainly looks a lot different than it did three games ago. Um, a lot different. The Jazz just won these two games without Lowry Markinen, who we are, it, who is the Jazz's best shooter. I don't know if I want to say the best player. He's their best shooter, absolutely. But also... Should we just get into it? I'm I'm filled with COVID. I don't care. I'm going to be honest. It's my show. I can say what I want. Uh, Walker, uh, Walker, Lowry Markin has one assist in the last seven games. He has not had an assist in five straight games before these last two games. The Jazz head coach, Will Hardy, mentions that if you're not going to pass 
and play hard, you're not going to play. Now, I, do I think that what will that uh, the that Larry Markkinen ha, that this is some sort of you know conspiracy or tinfoil hat time to wonder why Larry Markkinen is playing? No, do I? I'm guessing the hamstring thing is legit, and they're going to want to make sure he's okay. I do think it's interesting that you put players on the floor, they start moving the ball. I mean, uh, how many assists did uh, did Simone Fontecchio have an assist tonight? He had two assists. In 28 minutes, he had two assists. I mean, and I've seen some attempts by marketing, but he's not the greatest passer. And I know, like, there's a lot of people out there beating the drum. Get Larry Markin in the ball. Get Larry Markin in the ball. Why aren't you getting Larry Markin in the ball? Get Larry Markin in the ball. Well, guess what? He's not a very good passer. He's not. And so if the defense knows that your number one goal is to get one guy the ball, and that one guy can't pass the ball out of it once he has it, then guess what? They're going to double team him. They're going to make it hard for him to get the ball. And that's what we've seen. And then when he gets the ball, he's being double teamed or in a tough situation with their best defender and he has to force a shot. And so that's why sometimes the percentages aren't all that great with, with marketing. And I think we saw a little bit of that recently. Now, maybe a little bit of that is the hamstring. Maybe a hamstring was kind of an issue before and that was causing the issue. And maybe marketing is just that transcendent and some idiot like me is wrong and cloudy brained and thinking stuff like this. But I think it's just something to watch because I personally would like to see Markinen moving the ball a little more within the offense. Because guess what? There are other players on this team who are good shooters as well. You know, John Collins is shooting like 40% from three this year. Uh, Keontae George has turned it on. I think Keontae George in the last how many games is shooting a high percentage. There's guys, you know, Simone Fontecchio shoots the ball. You've got guys inside that, that will lay it in. You know, Kelly Olynyk is a high-level shooter. Uh, I, anyways, the point I'm trying to make here is I would like to see a little more ball movement when Larry Markkinen comes back because I think it will help the overall offense be better. I'm not saying Larry Markkinen isn't a cr amazing because he is. He's playing at an all-star level with his shooting. But I would like to see that improve. Having one assist in seven games is not great. So I would like that to improve. Uh, Car Wash Channel coming in hot again. $4.99, my friend. Thank you so much. Jazz win again, and 6-11 and 11 wins are getting up there for the Jazz. In fact, thank you for the donation. Let's go look at that. Um, Let's see. Let's just look at the standings. These are auto-updated. So I was actually looking at this the other day. Look at this. So the Jazz actually have now won two in a row, and they're only a few games back from the play-in. A long season ahead for the Jazz. So, there is definitely not, it is not time to start thinking about tanking if the Jazz start winning games like this. I mean, I personally thought the Jazz were going to be a sixth seed. I honestly thought the Jazz with this team has a chance to play there. And we had a lot of players playing selfish basketball to start the season. It took Will Hardy threatening playing time to get these guys to move the ball. And all of a sudden, they're winning. You know, they're only one win behind. I mean, the Clippers have only won one more game than the Jazz. doesn't mean the Jazz are the same level as the Clippers, but you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing the Utah Jazz out outplay the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, are not playing great, and they have the most overrated coach in the NBA in Steve Kerr. If things aren't running smoothly, he can't coach, uh, he can't coach a snake to a dead rat. He's just awful. And so I think the Jazz could definitely outpace them. We just watched the Jazz beat the New Orleans Pelicans twice in a row. There's two teams I could see the Jazz outpacing. 
So thank you for the donation, uh, Car Wash Channel. Good point to bring up. Um, I wanted, I tweeted about it. I just want to mention how much I love Keontae George. I know we talk about this every game. I have not had a player I enjoy watching as much as Keontae George in a long time since honestly, and he's my favorite comp for Keontae George since like Darren Williams. I love watching Keontae George play basketball. He is everything you want in a point guard. He is honestly, he is a team first player. He is unselfish. He is more worried about passing the ball than he is uh, getting his own shot. I know tonight he only had three assists, you know, only, uh, but he had a lot of potential assists. A lot of guys just didn't make the shot and things like that. Uh, and also Jordan Clarkson was kind of dishing the ball. I mean, you can kind of, and there was actually one moment tonight. I was going to tweet about it and then I was too slow. And then he dunked on Dyson Daniels and I honestly almost lost my mind. But the New Orleans Pelicans were playing prevent on Keontae George tonight. They were playing prevent. That's crazy. They were preventing Keontae George from getting the ball. And so that's why the ball ran through Jordan Clarkson. I mean, you know, Jordan Clarkson had 10 assists tonight. And so props to him for getting those assists. But it was because the New Orleans Pelicans were playing prevent to keep Keontae George from getting the ball. And so Keontae George had to play a little bit more off ball. And what he did is he was in that scorer's role. He scores 19 points, gets uh, six free throws in this one. And it was good enough. The guy is so smart. He knows what he's supposed to do to help win the game. And he knew that tonight they're preventing me from getting the ball. So I'm going to let Jordan Clarkson play point guard. And I'm going to play off the ball. And I'm going to score when I have the opportunity. Now, you'd like to see it be a little more efficient. But, you know, 42% from the field, 37% from three. That's, you know, respectable. That's right around league average. Uh, and then getting to the line and shooting six free throws, that's great. Five rebounds. I mean, the guy just does everything. Uh, he had two steals in this one. He's starting to become a high steals player. But I just love how smooth he is, how smart he is. He makes the right play like every time. And the efficiency is only going to get better. You look at efficiency from other rookies from when they played, it just gets better. So he is only going to get better. And he is a basketball junkie. This is what he loves. This is what he lives for. This is what he was bred for, baby. This is it. This is what his passion is. And he does it every night and he competes. He loves it. And I love him. And I am so happy that the Jazz have Keontae George as their point guard for the next 10, 15 years. Absolutely. It's going to be incredible. It's so nice, guys. What an absolute luxury it is to have a point guard like this. And he's like 19 or 20, whatever he is. It's unbelievable that he is this smart, this young, with this talent. I mean, the passes he makes are not exaggerating, are Stockton-esque. You remember John Stockton coming down the floor. For all of you old heads like me, watching Stockton come down the ball with like that left-hand dribble, and he would just immediately sling like that left-handed, you know, sidearm pass down the lane to Carl Malone. I mean, bring tears to my eyes just thinking about it. And we see that now with Keontae George. He is some sort of mixture of John Stockton, Darren Williams, um, he's just phenomenal. I, I love it. I, I think he's amazing. I think he has a chance to be just absolutely a special player for the Jazz for years and years and years. What a joy to watch him play basketball, you know? And he, honestly, he's getting better defensively. He's playing good one-on-one -on -one defense. He rebounds the ball. He's getting steals. But he defends with his chest, you know? He's not, like, 
And I want to compare it to Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to just do it. Donovan Mitchell did not defend with his chest. There was no way he was going to put himself in harm's way and getting his points on the other end. Keontae George is willing to do it. He's out there rebounding amidst Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. He's out there. Re I mean, that foul on Valanciunas over Keontae George is because Keontae George is amidst the trees trying to get those rebounds. He is doing what it takes to win. If that's not Stockton-esque, I don't know what is. Right? He is out. I just, I'm going to get emotional thinking about it because COVID has my brain in a fog, but I love this guy. I am so happy he is on the jazz. He makes everyone better. He makes everyone better. It's just incredible. You couldn't ask for like a greater mix of unselfishness, talent, competitiveness, physical tools. I mean, he's fast. I mean, that cram dunk he did. I mean, he can do everything. What can't he do? Is there anything he can't do? And guess what? He defends. At worst, it's like a Steph Curry level. You know how everyone tried to say, well, Steph Curry's not a very good defender. Turns out he's actually a pretty average to slightly above average defender. And when you're doing things like Steph Curry does and you're an above average defender, that's that's championship level stuff. You know, and I think right now Keontae George is an above average defender. I don't know if he's an elite defender, but I'd say he's above average. I'd say he's at least, you know, comparing him to someone like Stockton, who was undersized but played hard and was tough as nails and gets in there and gets steals and things like that. People don't people don't remember John Stockton's the all-time leader in steals. You know, they all talk about the assists. They don't talk about the steals because guess what? He played his heart out every single night and he averaged like one and a half, two steals per game because he played really hard and he had a knack for the ball and he was really smart. And Keontae George is the same way. He has a knack for the ball. He has great hands. If you notice in this game, if you go rewatch it, and I know that freaking Jazz Plus doesn't give us the full replays like we were told, pisses me off. I'm going to have to get Fubo next year because I want to get the full replays because I like to watch them because I'm a loser. That's what I do in my free time is watch jazz games that I already watched and did an hour-long podcast about, but I'll go watch them again. If you go watch them, if you're lucky enough to have Fubo and you recorded this, go look at how he gets the ball. There's guys that just have a knack for getting the ball, and he has incredible hands. He has a knack for it, and he gets the ball when it's loose. He just does. You'll see him get, like, I swear... He gets more 50-50 balls than the average player. He just has a knack for it. It's kind of a stock. I mean, I'm comparing him to Stockton. I don't care. Sue me. He has the ability. He has that knack. And he gets his hands on balls. He can see what other teams are doing. That's the other thing with smart assist and high IQ players like Keontae George and why I would compare his defense to John Stockton is because when a guy knows how offenses work, and Keontae George already understands the Jazz offense. The Jazz have not had to dumb down their offense. If anything, they're going to start ramping things up and give just more plays and things to do. If anything, it's dumbed down for other players, you know. But anyways, he understands the offense. He understands NBA offense already. All he's having to do, and he's talked about this on this podcast, is just the quickness of things. You've just, you've got, he, I, what did Keontae say? He said, the game is actually a little slower, which I thought was interesting, but the actions are faster. And so it's like, what you're doing in NBA offenses is you're going and you're having off-ball movement and things like that to set up NBA actions. But then once you have that pick and roll set up, once you have, so the Jazz run a play, I wish I had a diagram, I would chalkboard this out, but the Jazz have a play where, how can I, I'm going to do this by looking at the screen. You have the offensive player come down. You have a wing on this end. Usually the Jazz will have a forward come from here. He'll come over and he'll set a screen. And then the wing, 
usually in this case my hand, i don't know how to do it's in reverse they'll have jordan clarkson cut through the middle and then <laughs> this is terrible is there a let's bring up paint i'm gonna do this live never done this before all right let's do it something new covid covid game tonight all right so here's the jazz offense there's the basket and here's half court so a lot of the time you have jordan clarkson here or i guess he'd be an x uh you have jordan clarkson here and then you have your jazz forwards usually kind of you have like walker kessler here blah 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 you have a forward here and then typically a guard like someone else on this end uh what they'll typically do is you have Keontae George come up like this and he'll come up and you can watch it. You have one of these forwards come over here. They will set a screen and then this guy and then Jordan Clarkson's typically coming here. They do this like honestly all the time. And it's interesting to watch because Jordan Clarkson comes in and Keontae George makes that pass immediately. And then you move here. This guy's moving here typically to get the corner three. Keontae George is here, get an open three. And it's usually... Uh, it's a multi-option thing here where Jordan Clarkson can take the shot, pass to the dunker spot, Walker Kessler, Omar Yurtsevin, or over here, and this is like Larry Markinen or, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Simone Fontecchio. But there's like so many different options. How do I, what, is there an erase all thing? How do we make the that bigger? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, file new. So anyways, uh, there's just different options that they can do. And I actually, there's just different options within that. So one thing we saw tonight, uh, we saw Keontae come up. Here's a, here's a three-point line basket. We saw Jordan Clarkson. Uh, the Pelicans tried to stop this a couple times. So they hedged it. And so what happens is then they reversed it. Uh, the forward, I think in this case, the one time I saw, they, saw, they had, um, they had uh, Walker Kessler come up. Instead, he just reverted and ran a pick and roll with Keontae George, and then they ran it. The Jazz offense is actually pretty cool, guys. I really like the Jazz offense because it's just very simple. There is not a lot of, like, wasted movement. Everything has purpose. You know, unlike a stupid idiot Steve Kerr offense that has a lot of, of running around for no real purpose sometimes. Um, I know Steph Curry, they like to get to move around a lot so they can get him open buckets because he's such a threat, and it theoretically can confuse a defense but the jazz just waste no movement with their offense and what it does is it allows smart players to thrive because you can read what the defense is doing and then react and i watched tonight i was just trying to kind of watch and like how would i diagram what the jazz offense does so many times they these jazz players are reading reacting better and better and better and i think this jazz offense is going to get so much better and it's also a sign why things are so much better with Keontae george because he's so smart and he can make so many different uh plays i guess the point i was trying to make is like once you get that pick and roll run then you've got to make a quick a quick decision uh do they hedge the the do they hedge on that pick and roll are they dropping and he makes the right choice every single time and it's like instantaneous. And so now that the shot is starting to fall a little bit more, it's kind of lights out. Things are going to get better. Now, it'll be interesting. We mentioned it before a little bit. When Larry Markkinen comes back, what are things going to look like? Uh, he may, it may be just fine, you know, uh, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, the Jazz have struggled with passing the ball and turnovers this year, but a lot of that has been, um, has been the combination of, of, 
um, man, the brain, I'm sorry. Uh, THT, Colin Sexton, and honestly, Chris Dunn too, you know, so it's just not been that good. Alex Curate, welcome to Rookie. Welcome to the channel. Thank you for joining, Alex. I really appreciate it. Everyone, welcome Alex Curate, a rookie with potential like Keontae George, baby. I love it. Oh, we've gone 31 minutes tonight. All right. Well, we lasted. <laughs> um, okay. So have we talked enough about Keontae George? I think he's fantastic. Um, thank you, Alex. Loved seeing Keontae talking to Darren at the end of the game. I agree. I think Darren Williams is like his closest comp. They both can average. I mean, honestly, at, at Darren Williams peak, it was like 20 and 10, 20 points, 10 assists, which is amazing when you think about it. And why couldn't Keontae do that at his peak? You know, why not? I think that's absolutely in play. So, and honestly, isn't it kind of nice? I mean, Darren Williams, we all know how it ended with Darren Williams in here in Utah. And I think he's a great one to talk to Keontae and say, hey, you know what? The grass ain't always greener. I went to Brooklyn and things did not go well, you know, and Darren Williams has a house here in Holiday and loves living in Utah, spends time here and in Dallas where he's from. Uh, great guy to be connected to Keontae George. I love that. I mean, at least I hope he would say nice things about Utah. He does uh, live here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Walker Kessler is the other guy that I'm personally very happy and excited about. Um, I, t I mentioned it in the, and we've already badmouthed Steve Kerr, but we should badmouth, we should badmouth, we should badmouth him more because he deserves it because he's terrible. He ruined Jaron Jackson Jr., by the way. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks G League right now. Thank you to Steve Kerr, who absolutely ruined him. You know, I mean, honestly, you know what a good coach does? He recognizes what your strengths are and he sets you up in position to use those. And Will Hardy has tried to do that with these players tonight, uh, this season. And some of these players have responded with selfish basketball and some of them have responded in great ways. Uh, what we have seen tonight is that this team might have turned it around and is playing unselfish basketball, but in an offense that allows them to play their best possible game. And anyways... Walker Kessler had to deal with a coach like Steve Kerr who set no one up for success in Team USA. Steve Kerr sucks. He's not a good coach. He's overrated as heck. Has there ever been a more coattail riding overrated bum than Steve Kerr who rode the coattails of Michael Jordan and now Steph Curry to and eventually they'll give him a Hall of Fame spot. I know they will. Um, who was the coach? I, my brain's not going to work uh, good enough. Uh, who was the coach that took over for him for 60 games and they still won like all of them? <laughs> I forgot his name. I, and my brain's not going to work well enough to remember, but he went on to coach the Sacramento Kings and he was terrible. Uh, but Mike Brown helped. Has anyone else been helped by Mike Brown more than Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr is going to take all the credit in the world that Mike Brown did for him. I tell you what, Mike Brown is a freaking awesome coach in Sacramento. That guy is amazing. And I think he actually deserves way more credit for what happened in Golden State. Luke Walton, Ezekiel Ricebe, thank you, my friend. Thank you for the assist. Yes, Luke Walton. Remember how Luke Walton? Go look it up. Go look up his record as <laughs> Golden State Warriors uh, coach in the interim. Mike Brown also had big time support, like help in those. I mean, honestly, anyways, the moral of this is that Steve Kerr ruined Jaron Jackson Jr. And it looked like he ruined Walker Kessler. 
just he's trying to get players to do things they're not capable of doing or at least not their strengths yet and always focusing on what a player isn't well let's focus on what a player is and try to get the best out of what that player does and that's what this jazz team is doing now and that's what walker kessler is doing what walker kessler isn't is he is walker kessler an elite three-point shooter yet no that's all that steve kerr apparently worried about with team usa is getting and that's why he's playing freaking bobby portis who is not a good defensive player and all he's in there is for shooting threes because i guess that's the only thing that matters to steve kerr is if your bigs can shoot threes but what Walker Kessler does do is he's got elite hands. He's a great finisher around the basket. Seven for nine here. He had 14 points, eight rebounds, three assists for Walker Kessler. So he's moving the ball within the offense. By the way, how does Walker Kessler have three assists in one game, which is three times as many assists as Larry Markin in, in the last seven games? Sorry, I had to put that in there. But anyways, two block shots. So he's a great shot blocker, rim protector, finishes at the rim. He passes the ball he's a smart player he's a good perimeter defender like there are a lot of things walker kessler is great at and by the way if steve kerr wasn't such a stupid idiot you team usa would have been playing in the gold medal game if they'd have just played walker kessler because of what walker kessler does anyways the last two games walker kessler has looked fantastic and he looks a lot better and he looks like the walker kessler from last season that was third in rookie of the year voting and was an easy choice to send to team USA but someone stupid like uh, Steve Kerr who is a coattail writer and not as smart as everyone who uses him as a source would like you to think you know he's got to feel great tonight <laughs> I, I don't know if my thoughts are coming out clearly my head hurts my brain is cloudy uh, but anyways I felt so happy for Walker Kessler tonight because that had to be kind of a monkey on his back from from Steve Kerr I think he feels good I think also the fact that um freaking DeMontis Saboner injured him on the first play of the game in Sacramento or against Sacramento probably didn't help things to be injured you've got a confidence thing because Steve Kerr ruined your uh idea of who you are as a player and I think that seven game stretch probably helped Walker Kessler just get his mind right, get some rest, get his injury be better, and now he's looking like the same Walker Kessler from before. It's only a matter of time before he's starting again because I think he brings so much to the table and that rim protection is so great. So anyways, that was just nice to see. Uh, I'm going to say nice things about uh, Colin Sexton and you know what? Taylor Horton Tucker as well. These guys were in the game and were part of a big run. Look at that. Plus six for Colin Sexton. And as much as people hate the guy for whatever reason... Taylor Norton Tucker is an even for this game off the bench, you know, and one thing I'll continue to mention is Taylor Horton Tucker is big and long and helps you on the defensive end. It's more of a defensive play than an offensive one. You know, he's not going to play for long. I doubt he's on the team after trade deadline or anytime before I have heard from things from places that this guy would be traded if they could have, okay? So we can complain about it all we want, but there's not a lot of things you can do. And the Jazz have to play somebody. And to be honest, Chris Dunn probably, you could argue, should be playing. I know there was that that Twitter chat the other day that talked about agents and stuff, which honestly is a little hilarious to me that Jazz fans are finding out that agents have a say in some of these things. Well, guess what they do? Wait till you find out about contract incentives created by agents.
But I don't really think it's that much of a difference playing Taylor Horton Tucker and Chris Dunn. I like Chris Dunn's mentality. I like his leadership. And I don't think there's much of a drop-off because Taylor Horton Tucker is not playing well offensively. So it could be worse, you know. So I would probably prefer them to play Chris Dunn. But I do think the Jazz are trying to, they, you know, educated guess. I think the Jazz are trying to to showcase Taylor Horton Tucker to get some sort of trade. Something. That the Jazz aren't giving up anything to move him. Uh, I believe that he has an expiring contract. In fact, let's look it up. Look, James has looked this up before. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, so this is it. So the thing with Taylor Horton Tucker that is a benefit for Utah is if you are trying to trade Taylor Horton Tucker, he is an expiring contract. So if there is a team out there that is trying to get off of money, then Taylor Horton Tucker can help you do that. That's something he can do. So there is some value there, and he is still young. We've been talking about how he's 22 years old for like the last five years. So uh, he does that. But look at this. Seven assists for Taylor Horton Tucker. There are things that he does on the floor that are nice. I would say he is a nice defensive option, and he, look, seven assists. Can't argue with that. So is he shooting the ball at an elite level? No, he's shooting it at the opposite of that. It is going badly. Uh, but... There are some things he brings to the table. Colin Sexton, I feel like, has been making an effort to move the ball within the offense in the last two games. He is responding to what Will Hardy said, and it's helping his game out. Look at this. 50% from three, 44% from the field, and he only took nine shots, which I'm fine with because he is an efficient shooter. What I don't like with Colin Sexton that he didn't do tonight very much. I mean, no player is going to have the perfect game. I mean, you know, I talked about Keontae George. He had like two bad turnovers in the game you know they were not good uh and so i'm gonna be fine if a player occasionally makes a mistake or doesn't see the open guy all the time it's kind of hard and that's one thing colin sexton's like six one you know he's not as big as some of the bigger guards you'd like but as a sixth man role and if he is taking to heart the move the ball within the offense mentality i love it and you know what my favorite part of the was when he almost got in a fight with Zion williamson <laughs> I don't think I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> Is there anyone out there who would not have loved to watch Zion Williamson fight Colin Sexton? That would have made my day. That would have been so great. And I just love that Colin Sexton is literally not afraid of anyone. <laughs> Zion Williamson looked like he wanted to absolutely eat Colin Sexton like a Biscoff cookie. I was, that was amazing. I If you missed the game, you got to watch it because that was unbelievable. <laughs> and the crowd cheering when they were... <laughs> the crowd cheering over that jump ball and rooting for Colin Sexton to get the jump ball over Zion Williamson, who is a monster from Space Jam. There is just no other way I could describe Zion Williamson than just a monster. You know, he's unreal, just the physical tools he has. <laughs> but the fact Colin Sexton is so sm smaller than him and doesn't seem to realize, is there, it's very much like Chihuahua versus Pitbull vibes. <laughs> Oh, made me laugh. I thought that was so funny. I thought that, oh, but amazing. Ah, uh, I'm a little delirious. All right, finally, can we talk about Ochai Abaji and how he's turning into 
uh, player that I just love to watch. I did a short on him. I need to start doing more of those because I enjoy them. Uh, but Ochai Baji did some nice things tonight. Look at this, three for six from three. I think the Jazz have just kind of accepted that right now, and I don't know if it'll ever turn into a, anything more, but he's a corner three-point shooter. And that's fine. If that's what his game is, he's a lead at it. That is the one thing he is a lead at, is corner three-point shots. He knocks them down 50% from three, four for seven. Although one, there was one make he had. In fact, let's just go see. He had one make in this game um, where he, what was it? Uh, see, look, corner three-point shot. That one he makes. Let's see. It was where he adjusted. And let's see. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Uh, let's see. It was this one, maybe. He adjusts, re gets to a different spot, and knocks it. This one right here. That was a big shot. That is not an easy shot to do, and you're like making sure your feet are inbound. You are also, you know, getting the shot off quickly, so you're not getting it blocked. That's big. And Ochai Baji's best offensive asset has been that corner three, but it's been a catch and shoot three for him to just kind of readjust and take that shot was big to me. And the Jazz don't win this game without his shooting and defense. He was a plus five in this game, which was a close one. So, you know, he didn't do anything else. <laughs> uh, zero assists, zero steals, zero rebounds. That's kind of crazy. Although he also had the least amount of minutes. And to be honest, when you're trying to get rebounds, when you got guys like Walker Kessler and John Collins and Yurtsevin and all these guys on the floor, not the easiest thing to do. But it just shows how the Jazz are a very good rebounding team. Uh, wealth of rebounding and Ochai Abaji just adds to it. He comes in with that crazy athleticism and will sometimes go in and grab a couple rebounds out of nowhere. So I love watching Ochai Abaji. He's such a good guy, he plays hard. He's got, you can tell he's just a great locker room presence too. So really nice guy to have on the team. And I'm rooting for him to just kind of get more confident and get more consistent because the more he does, the better the jazz will be. So, all right, guys, I think that's it for tonight. COVID post game done and over let's give a shout out um let's see we got to pull this up i should have pulled it up before but what are you gonna do do it right next time i guess right um let's see let's bring this up can you hear it yes you can oh uh, you know what sucks guys covid sucks this has been brutal my chest has been not happy Hopefully we're turning a corner. I'm feeling a little bit better than I did last game. Holy smokes. I, I'm telling you what, it sucks. And I had not had it before. I thought I was lucky. I thought I was going to be one of the lucky ones. Turned out I was not. <laughs> All right, let's give a shout out to our All-Stars. Let's give a shout out to the outlaw, Jesse James Nelson, Joshua Hansen, the Danish destroyer, Ryan Perry, the legend. Isikali Ricebe, the man from down under. Yes, Jake C. Can. Christian House Money to Ha. See ya, Lexalator. Built for Tough, Alexander Tufts. Jorge Arrizaga. <coughs> Built for Tough, Alexander Tufts. Jorge Arrizaga, mi amigo de bajo. Jordan the Goat Festival. TGD Total Game Domination. Tyson Price, the Price is Right. Austin R. Grant, Editor Extraordinaire. DW to CB, Darren Williams to Carlos Boozer. Patrick Kubo, the Connoisseur. And Robert Hall of Fame. Thank you guys for supporting the channel. Thank you for being here. If you are a jazz fan and you are not subscribed to the Hoopsner channel, what are you doing? If you're listening to the podcast, have you given it a review yet? What's up? What's up? Five stars, please. And tell your friends. 
And go to go to Price Picks and use promo code HoopsNerd and go put down five bucks on something. It's fun. It's great. Uh, one ninety nine. Can you post member link in chat? Let's see. Can I just find it right now? Let's see if I can. We'll just listen to the music and do this for Car Wash Channel, baby. Let's see. Join. Oh, does it let me? Let's see. I'm going to see. Let me do this for you, Car Wash Channel, man. And thank you for the donation. So we're going to find this. We're going to get it. Or unless someone else can help him out. Let's see. Memberships. All right. Here. Here we go. I think we got it. There we go, Car Wash Channel. I believe that's it. If not, you know, leave a comment, send me a message, something like that. All right, guys. I will talk to you next time. Thank you.